we, we don't have to 20x every aspect of our lives and, and we can we can enjoy and appreciate when people do it in their expertise I joke and I'm like, hey, if you want to get down to 4% body fat, it's easy. Just eat 12,000 calories a day and do an Ironman a day and it's a 50-day program and you'll, you'll reach the goal. Hey folks, this is Mark Devine with the Unbeatable Mind Podcast. Thanks very much for joining me again this week. Super appreciate your time and attention. I know you've got a lot going on and there's a lot of other distractions out there. So hopefully you get a lot out of this podcast. And if you do... Please go rate it at iTunes. That helps other people find it. And uh, if you're not on our email list, then you're probably getting tired of me or hear, hearing me say this. Go to unbeatablemind.com slash podcast. Get in our email list so you can you can learn all about the other cool things we have going on besides this podcast because this is probably the least of my time uh, commitments, but I love doing it. And um, I love meeting people like James Lawrence, who we're going to be talking to today. So... James, welcome. I'm going to uh, read a little intro and then we'll, we'll have a little chat. But so, you know, when I'm, I've been around a lot of really, really tough people in my life, you know, as a Navy SEAL for 20 years and then through SEAL Fit. And when I read what you had done, I was like, that was a new, <laughs> that, that set a new standard for me. I mean, it's almost superhuman. So J- James is an ultra athlete and I would call him like an ultra, ultra athlete. He holds a Guinness, um, he has a couple of Guinness books of, uh, whatever you call it, Guinness World Records, for the most half and full Ironman tri- triathlons completed in a year, completed in a year, which is uh, how many? 16, I think? 22 halves and 30 fulls. <laughs> that was way off. 22 half triathlons, 30 full triathlons. Okay. And then the thing that blew me away, in last year, in 2015, you did 50 Ironman distance events in 50 states in 50 days, consecutive days, I might add. Yes, Holy sir. Holy shit. Okay, so <laughs> we're, <laughs> I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. And I know I've even had a conversation with you before about this. I'm still wrapping my head around it. So I want to talk about that. And then you've got a book coming out about that experience uh, called Iron Cowboy, How I Redefine Human Limits So That You Can Redefine Yours. That comes out in March. So hey, thanks for joining me today, James. Um, super cool to uh, get to talk to you. And I know that we're going to have lots of uh, cool things to talk about. So. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mark. I was uh, I was honored to get a to get a call from such a legend like yourself, and <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was I was excited to excited to join you here. That's really cool. I appreciate that, and, and thanks for the the words. Um, so, how did you like? How did this all come about? Tell us about James. You know, like the younger version of yourself, and and how long? You know, how did you get into even endurance training? Yeah, I mean, I I grew up I grew up in Canada, and uh, you you either played hockey or you wrestled, and uh, right. <laughs> and I was uh, I wasn't great on skates, and so I, I kind of gravitated to to wrestling, and I I just really enjoyed the individual sports over over the team sports, and, and so I wrestled I wrestled a lot growing up, and I think that set a really solid foundation for me physically and mentally, and and taught me a lot about just just how to work hard and how to grind and, and how to overcome things on, on your own. Um, and and then, you know, and then I moved, I moved to the, to the U S in 1999, met my wife, Sonny in Utah. Um, we've been married for 16 years now and have five kids. And Mm. I just got out of the competitive environment of sports and I miss that. Um, you know, once you you get into real life and you start having kids and you know, it, 
your responsibilities and jobs. Um, the, the gym just got, just got boring. Right. And so my wife was a runner and, uh, and she kind of introduced me to, to just shorter fun runs. I mean, I really struggled with running, um, mm-hmm. and actually didn't like it. <laughs> and, uh, and I had, a, I had a buddy who was doing triathlons, um, and, uh, just really gravitated towards it. And, and I liked the element of having, three different sports and challenges to overcome. I didn't grow up swimming, mm-hmm. biking or, or running. And so to me to, to have to try to master three different events and, and put them all together, uh, I enjoyed that challenge of that aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. And, I and appreciate so to, that. I, I used to run tries when I was in my twenties and there were, it was fun. The variety of the training it's, it, you know, it takes a lot of discipline to, from a time standpoint to train for all those. So did you uh, did you you like that? Because wrestling is really short burst training. So at first, did you find it a challenge to all of a sudden go from you know an hour on the mat to like four to five hours of training a day? Yeah, well, I started with the the shorter sprint distance triathlon, which 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 is like real explosive and really power. And, and to be honest, I, I think that people even don't train properly for. The longer endurance events. Right. I've I've said it for years, and I'm still an advocate of it. That Ironman racing is a strength and a power sport. Mm-hmm. You you can only tax your your muscles to a certain capacity, and then and then and then you're done. Mm-hmm. I've never I've never heard somebody at the end of an Ironman go, "Oh, my legs felt great. It was my cardiovascular system that held me back." <laughs> um, they're they're always saying, "Oh, my heart rate was so low, I couldn't get my heart rate up, but my legs felt like bricks." Yeah. And that's and that's because their muscular endurance, their strength, and their power mm-hmm. failed them at the end of the day. And so people are just they're not training the way they should, or or, pers- or, or just that what's what's been taught is not, in my opinion, is not correct. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll come back to that later and, and talk about yeah. how you train and how you teach people to train. But, so you got into now what what inspired you to like go for a record? I mean, maybe were you winning races or were you just completing them? Let's start there. Um, I, I was winning events locally, sprints and Olympics, mm-hmm. uh, distances, um, and then jumped up into the, to the half Ironmans and, and made it to the world championships a few times. Okay. Wow. And, and then just, just really wanted to push my mind and my body as far as like endurance is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I found that I could, could go do these endurance challenges and, and it wasn't incredibly taxing on me. Mm-hmm. And so I, when I did the half Ironman world record, I just, I, I, I did it with the purpose of gaining experience mm-hmm. to, to do the, the full Ironman world record, which was, was ultimately the goal. And, uh, and, and I finished that and I kind of just like looked back and shrugged my shoulders. Not that it was easy, but that I didn't challenge myself mentally and physically to what I felt was to my satisfaction. Right. And, uh, and, and that's kind of when the, the 50 Ironmans in 50 days was, was conceived um, I thought that would be a legitimate challenge. I, I thought that was as much as a human being could could bite off and chew. And it was crazy because we were ridiculed and criticized for even making the announcement of the attempt. Really? From, and, you mean uh, people didn't think you could do it or it was humanly possible? Yeah, they, they were just like, that is so ridiculous. That's not even possible. Why would you even attempt to do something like that? <laughs> and it, it was just – it was the reaction – kind of took me back by surprise because I I've been of the mindset that, you know, we can truly accomplish what, what we set our minds to sure. and, and people continually compare themselves to others and, and whatever that standard of excellence is. Mm-hmm. And, and I've found most success in my life when I create my own lane and set, try to set new standards right. and, and hopefully 
hopefully people will take the lid off of what they think is possible based on what I was able to accomplish last summer. That's That was my hope anyways. Yeah, for sure. So you conceived this idea a- after or kind of during your full triathlon record attempt? Yeah, it, it was it was between race twenty seven and twenty eight. Uh, <laughs> and so, like so pop in your head like, okay, what's next, kind of thing. You're... Yeah, we were driving. I was driving from one race in Arizona to another, um, and I had my wife and kids with me. And and I, I just remember looking over to my wife and just being like, I don't think this is it. Like that was awesome, and that was a challenge, and probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. But I just I don't feel that was that was anything close to what I'm capable yeah, of. Yeah. And she just kind of shook her head in disgust and was like, uh, not, 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 this isn't the time to discuss this. Right. Because <laughs> you know? we, we were going through some pretty hard financial struggles. And I mean, I owned a mortgage company in 2008 and we lost, we lost everything with the oh. economic downturn. Right. Um, and then kind of, kind of had to rebuild there as well. Yeah. So yeah, she's thinking, holy cow, you know, uh, I've just supported you in 27 Ironmans. We got three left. I'm hoping for a little break after this. And now you're saying you want to go do 50. Yeah, exactly. Did, was it for, did it first come up as, hey, I'd like to do 50 of these? And then you thought, well, what if I did 50 in 50 days? Did it come up like that? Or did you actually think right away, I want to do 50 in 50 days? Because that seems that that's the part that people are going, well. Yeah, and I kind of I kind of modeled it off of uh, what Dean Carnassus did. He, he he was kind of the pioneer in the space of endurance things, and and a decade ago he did fifty marathons in fifty days in fifty states. Wow. And I thought and I thought to myself, man, that would be really cool if I was able to do what he did with marathons, but with Ironmans. Yeah, I mean, just take just take that huge leap. Yeah. between between the two, and and it it was just such a such a big big physical mental leap that is that's like i mean it's not double or it's, it's more than triple the energy output but let me just so our listeners you know i don't want to assume that every single listener knows what an iron <clears throat> distance event is so run us through the ironman yeah so an, an ironman any triathlon is swim bike run right. and there's there's four standard distances sprint olympic half and full the mm-hmm. full is the ironman mm-hmm. And, and essentially, basically they double each time in distance. Mm-hmm. So the Ironman distance is a 2.4 mile swim, mm-hmm. a 112 mile bike ride, mm-hmm. and then it's followed by your standard marathon, which is 26.2 miles. So it's a total of 140.6 miles. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you have to, you have to cover that all by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you get a bike, I guess. <laughs> That's intense. So, holy shit. And just logistically, and so, think I don't even want to get in. Like I don't even want to get into that. I still want to talk about like how how you even thought you could do this, and then what were the what the like once you committed to it. You know, what was the next day like? Was it? Did you have a holy shit moment? Like what the hell have I committed to? Well, you know, we started to. I started to prepare mentally and physically right there between race twenty seven, mm-hmm. twenty eight. I, I knew it was something that I wanted to do. Right. Um. And and I and I started working on logistics right then. I mean, that took me mm-hmm. just two years and two years in itself. I but but you know, I, I took it kind of one day at a time in preparation. And I surrounded myself and put together the team that I thought would help me succeed and get there. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until. I publicly announced it on a, on a pretty big podcast. That was my kind of, Oh shit moment where I was like, okay, now, now you're committed because you just kind of announced it to a million people. Um, and, uh, and that was kind of the first moment where I was like, Oh no, what have I done? Um, and, and it kind of coincided with a big training camp I did in St. George, Utah, 
probably three months before I was ready to kick it off. And I really struggled through that training camp. Mm-hmm. And I was and I was just like, oh man, this is this is the beginning of a, a disastrous summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the that's the worst trained you know, tra- thought thought patterns that you, you can have in that moment. And you know, I, I, like anybody, I hope you surround yourself with a good team and yeah. they talked me through it and, and we realized, okay, we're not at the starting line yet and we have still a process to go through to mm-hmm. get there and, and that helped me met mentally and physically to get to where I needed to be. Yeah. So let's talk about the training. Like, what did you do to prepare yourself physically and mentally and nutrition and sleep and all that? Yeah. So you you can't, I mean, you just can't physically get ready for 50 Ironmans. No. And so we approached it uh, with the mindset of, okay, let's physically get you as ready as possible to do 10. Okay. And then, and then once you start the campaign, everything that we learn one through 10 will apply 20 through 30 right. and the gains and whatnot and everything that we learned 20 through 30 will apply 30 through 40 mm-hmm. and, and so on and so forth. And, and we kind of just took it in, in chunks. And obviously we, we couldn't have imagined or prepared for everything that we faced during the 50, but we did everything that we th- could think of at the time to, to get ready for it. And we were at such risk of injury, Yeah. But because we were pushing the boundaries of physical capacity in one week and and what, and, and really pushing the, the envelope as far as what the body can, how much you can stress it and then recover it in enough time for it to be able to adapt to that stress. And so we would, we would take me right to the brink of almost failure and injury and then pull me back. And so we would have three, four really monstrous days and then three really light days. And we obviously built up to that. Um, but we, we would take me right to the brink where it was like, okay, you're going to get hurt. Um, and we would flirt with it and then, and then we'd pull me back. And sometimes, you know, and with that type of volume, I did come up with smaller injuries and things that we had to deal with. And, and every single doctor was like, yeah, you need to rest and recover. And I'm like, well, that's not an option. Yeah. Yeah, Not (laughs) not during the race anyways. And so, and so I, even during training. And so I, I think it was one of the best decisions we made by mistake because, we were actually training my body to heal under stress right. and, and duress. Yeah. And, and, and I, I had a great medical staff work on me all the time. And I would go in there and he was like, well, I know what your mindset is. This is what we're dealing with. Right. I'm going to give you the tools to repair this and knowing that you're going to continue to push the limits with it. Yeah. And my body learned how to heal itself while under yeah. stress duress, which turned out to be the best thing because – we were under such extreme stress during the 50. I mean, we, I was dealing with four hours of sleep mm-hmm. and, and the stress of all of the logistics and everything. And so my body learned how to heal and evolve through training, yeah. which, which ultimately really helped our success during the 50. That's really cool. In fact, I, I can completely relate to that because I had a similar experience in uh, Hell Week with the SEALs. Not, obviously yeah. not 50 days, but six, uh, six and a half days you know, 24 hours, nonstop training, you know, probably multiple Ironman distance events. Uh, And it was, you know, the first few days, my body was breaking down, I was exhausted. And then, you know, of course, my mind was, hey, you know, screw it, you know, we're just going to keep going until you die, or, you know, they carry you off the, you know, the battlefield in the stretcher. And my body then adapted, right? And it was the mind that basically had to tell the body to adapt. And, and I started to actually develop muscle mass by Thursday of Hell Week. It was pretty fascinating to watch. 
Well, what's amazing, and I'm sure you can, you can relate to this, and in my opinion, so many people miss out on this because this is the moment where they quit. Right. And it's the, it's the moment where your body is so confused mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it doesn't know what's going on. And your mind is like, just hold on for, for a little bit longer. Right. And I'm, I'm going to take you to the point where your mind and your body become in sync with each other. And most people miss that opportunity to experience that harmony between the mind and the body, because that's when it right before that moment is when it's at its peak of tough. And and that's when the bells and whistles are going off. Yeah. Yeah. Every safety signal that is, is, is built into your brain is going off. Um, and if you can overcome that, you know, you look at my journey and, and you look at that, the hard statistical data I started to fail about 25 through 30 and it was a, it was a mental lapse that I was having. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I righted the mental side of things mm-hmm. and, and my, it was really races 30 through 50 that I became the strongest. You look at the statistical yeah. data and I was a metronome for those last 20 in a year where they said it was absolutely impossible to accomplish what we did. Mm-hmm. My last 20 of 50 were my fastest mm-hmm. and, 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 and most powerful. And that's because that was the moment that my mind and my body were finally in sync. Right. And for anybody, and you've experienced that mm-hmm. because of what you've been through. And it, I, I just wish that on anybody to have that experience that re, that moment that they really want to quit, they're right on the cusp of experiencing something truly euphoric and unique. Yeah. Man, this is such an interesting uh, conversation, and I kind of want to bring something that happened to us recently uh, at Kokoro Camp into this, because it it speaks to this knowing your body um, and self-awareness. Like, at any point during these 50 events, did you ever feel like you're physically putting yourself at serious risk of um, death, right? Or like, you know disablement or were you feeling like okay everything's all systems go this is just extreme fatigue like, well let's just you know let me let me rephrase the question yeah uh, um one of my mentors said it's really important to know the difference between integrating pain and disintegrating pain and what he means by that is disintegrating pain is is the pain where you're like okay that's an injury boom and then, you know, as, as an endurance athlete, you have to then assess that. Is that an injury that's going to lead to de- debilitation or is it something I can work through around through some adaptation? And then I'll contextualize this even further and then let you speak is uh, recently we had a, um, an amazing guy, amazing athlete uh, pass away from massive heart failure after Kokoro camp. He went all the way through and I saw him smiling 20 minutes before graduation. And then as soon as we graduated, like boom, the bell went off, you guys are done, secured. Uh, This individual, you know, passed out and died on us. And, you know, it was a a traumatic experience. And what I've done some research, I find that like 300,000 people a year die from what they call athlete's heart, right? So obviously not a condition that you had, but (laughs) my question is, how do we train people to know, to assess whether they're dealing with integrating versus disintegrating pain during an endurance event. I don't, you know, I don't know if there's an answer to that, but I just want to get your perspective on it. Yeah, that is a tough one. Um, only because everybody is so unique and different. And, and for me, I knew like there was a time frame associated with what I was doing. And, and I knew, I, I guess for me, the fact that the injuries that I was experiencing 
were all they would only last except for a couple of them that lasted the entire 50 or the majority of it they they were moving around and so i was always dealing with something new mm-hmm. um, and so that was a good sign for me that i was never in danger because my body was a dealing was adapting and dealing with things mm-hmm. i be, i became concerned once i lost feeling in my fingers and my toes mm-hmm. during the really latter stages of it and, and i knew that if I pushed beyond the 50 or even had we let it go 60 days, I would be dealing probably with some longer term damage. But I knew that the finish line was coming and I knew that that nerve damage would repair itself because I I've experienced how the body, how amazing it is at repairing itself. And I knew that I was close enough to the finish line. Um, In order to truly push my mind and my body, the, the, the challenge would be do as many Ironmans as you can do until you drop. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm not willing to do that, and I found my limits to my satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, I think for me, I never felt like I was in extreme danger because when when things like my body was was not sending blood flow to my fingers and toes because it was sending it to my vital organs because my body was shutting down. Mm-hmm. So so that becomes a problem, and I was aware of that, but I, it also only really happened in the last five days. Right, and so I I, I think in Looking back on it, I, I don't, I don't think a hundred is, you know, people are like, hey, you're going to do a hundred, hundred, hundred. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just. But you know, someone out there is trying to figure out if they can beat your fifty-fifty-fifty. Oh, sure, and 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 and, 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 and that's where it gets kind of like what you you set a new standard, and now someone's going to break it, and then they're going to break that, and then someone's going to, you know, push it a little bit too far. This is, you know, obviously something, it's just the human experience. People want to challenge themselves and find the limits of their mental, physical, emotional, you know, spiritual, you know, self. And it makes you feel alive. It makes you, you know, it's, it's an incredible thing, I think. But here, here, here's, here's the difference, though, or, or what people need to realize is that everybody's version of difficult or their best self is, is unique and, and different to them. Right. And and what I mean by that is my physical and mental capacity was was trying to accomplish 50 Ironmans in 50 days through 50 states. Mm-hmm. My my mother came out and she struggled with obesity and she came out and she did five five Ks in five days through five states because every single day wow. we did a five we did a five K at the end of every single day to raise money for childhood obesity in the Jamie Oliver Foundation. Mm-hmm. And so we organized an event inside of my event every single day, and the public came out and, and participated. How cool. And so she came out, and her those five five Ks for my mother was her heart. That was her version was her version of heart. And so right. I I've set an I've set in my opinion a, a new a, a standard of what the human mind and body is capable of, mm-hmm. but that that doesn't mean that you have to go out and do fifty one or two consecutive Ironmans. <laughs> that right. means push beyond what you think your standard of excellence is. And and so I don't I don't encourage people to do what I did. I mean that was that was a moment in time and that was potentially reckless. Yeah, um, yeah. But the, the point of it and what I want people to get from it is that they're capable of so much more than they're currently producing. Right. Um, and that, I think that's the, the most important takeaway is, is not to, not to, not to best the best out there, but to the become yourself. the best version of, of you and what's what mountain you're struggling and what fear is holding you back and overcoming those things. It's not, 
And that's why you almost have to stop comparing yourself to everybody else and set your standard of excellence and go beyond that within your realm. Absolutely. If that makes hopefully that makes sense. Oh, totally. And that's that's completely in line with our you know our unbeatable minds and philosophy and what we call our twenty x potential and that you're capable of twenty times more than you think you are. But you like you said, you've got to. It's not in everything. It's in that area that you are most passionate about and meant for. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, exactly. like, I wouldn't say I have 20 times potential to get on stage with Paul McCartney. I went out to Co- Coachella. They called it uh, the Geezer Fest last weekend to see Mick Jagger and <laughs> Paul McCartney. Uh, it, I was so inspiring to see these 73-year-old guys bouncing around stage and just ripping it. I was like, holy crap. You know what I mean? I felt really s- small but also really inspired. It was a neat experience. But, you know, so my point is, 20x to me doesn't mean I've got the potential to be a singer like that, but I do have the potential to be physically, mentally, you know, tough and to teach people that. That's where I'm going to find that 20x potential is in alignment with my, my, you know, my uniqueness, my unique passion, purpose in life. Yeah, I think that I think that's a beautiful takeaway. Is is we we don't have to 20x every aspect of our lives, right. and and we can we can enjoy and appreciate when people do it in their expertise. Like I have found that I have an ability to endure both physically and mentally, and that that's what I'm that's what I'm really good at. I would right. consider myself an expert at it, mm-hmm. but that that doesn't mean go out and mimic what I did. It, it means it means 20x what's ever applicable and challenging in your life for you in that moment, because everybody's on a different journey at a different time, and we all have to learn the same lessons. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the other thing too, is people just set these like, like 20 X goals and people don't realize the problem isn't setting the, the goal. The problem is associating the proper time frame with the goal mm, and, and they're not willing to do the steps, the appropriate steps in order to get them to that moment. Right. That, uh, that, if I, point. The journey is the most important part, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I talk I, on stage. I talk about life isn't filled with, with finish lines. It's about milestones mm-hmm. and it's, the important aspect is how many people you bring with you right. and, and strip away any accomplishment that I've ever had. And it's about the, the experiences of the journey, the people and what I've learned and what I've been able to teach. Right. Um, and it's just, it's just the, the, the goal of 50 Ironmans in 50 days was totally appropriate for me, but it, it wouldn't have been for me to try to accomplish it 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I had to go through the journey that I went through. And then only at that moment was I ready to tackle on that goal. So the, the, the goal was appropriate, but I had to have the appropriate time frame and take the appropriate steps in order to accomplish it. And, and to be, to be fair, it, it seems like the, the possibility wasn't even in your domain of consciousness until you were, you were ready to conceive of it. And then when you were ready, you thought of it, you know, exactly that's a that's a that's a fantastic point and people that hear my story now they're just like oh i i should go do something that big tomorrow (laughs) and and they don't they don't realize that it was a decade in the making that took me to get to that point even even conceptually i couldn't even wrap my mind around it and and even now that i've finished it and looking back at it i'm like i don't know i don't understand how how we did that and so it was a space and time where i was ready to do that. And I get, I get emails and I'm sure you do too, of people that are like, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do it in one week. What can, how can you help me? And I'm <laughs> like, help me, right? <laughs> I'm like, that's a great goal, but let's, Slow let's down. back up. Let's back for up for a second and make sure we're doing the right things in order for you to ultimately have a chance at success with this goal. Yeah, totally. I only publicly support companies and products that I personally use and have found valuable. So I wanted to tell you about Qualia. Now, I'm not a supplement geek, 
I don't find them useful if I'm fueling properly. But when it comes to my cognitive strength and brain health, I am excited about the emerging industry of nootropic supplements. I've been testing Qualia, designed by my friends at the Neurohacker Collective, for several months now, and it's on the bleeding edge of nootropic research and has become the one supplement that I won't go without on a daily basis. Qualia stimulates what's called broad-spectrum cognitive enhancement, which involves optimizing multiple cognitive variables simultaneously rather than focusing on a single variable. For example, it brings me greater ability to focus and makes me feel more connected while not diminishing my overall awareness of the environment. I experience a systematic enhancement of my brain's ability to take in and process information without any stimulating effect, which would make me feel agitated like caffeine or depleted after the effect wears off. Now, for a busy entrepreneur and athlete like me, it's a no-brainer to invest in my brain health with Qualia. You can get on the Qualia bandwagon with me by visiting neurohacker.com, that's N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R.com, and use the code UNBEATABLEMIND15R, that's UNBEATABLEMIND15R, to get 15% off the life of your order. Trust me on this one, you won't be disappointed with Qualia. Let's talk about a little bit about um, fueling because, you know, nutrition for endurance events is a, it's an interesting topic, you know, and people are really looking at ketogenesis and, you know, carb loading and all this kind of stuff. But how did you fuel uh, yourself for uh, in preparation and during the event? Yeah, so, so my preparation and during were kind of two different segments for me. Preparation, um, I was trying to eat really clean fuels. Um, and and my wife and I joke, and there's all these incredibly fad diets, and I'm all meat, I'm no meat, I'm all carb, I'm no carb, I'm all protein, I'm no protein, and there's these incredible extremes. And, and my my wife and I are just of the philosophy, and we call it Jesus foods. <laughs> and what what that means is if it was put on this earth and, and you want to eat it within moderation, do that, and you need to have a balance across all things. And so in my preparation up to this, I had to fuel with the cleanest Jesus foods that we could we could find, and I could eat as much of it as I wanted to, um, and that got me ready to start the journey. Now, the journey itself was very unique, mm. and my engine was burning so hot that I was eating ten to twelve thousand calories a day, and those ten to twelve thousand calories were, were made up of some of the best foods that we could eat, and then it was also just pure garbage and mm. trash and fuel, just because. I could consume anything and convert it into energy. Mm -hmm. I joke and I'm like, hey, if you want to get down to 4% body fat, it's easy. Just eat 12,000 calories a day and do an Ironman a day and it's a 50-day program and you'll you'll reach the goal. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was just such a unique you know, circumstance that the engine was burning so hot yeah. that I could eat anything. But we live our lives with – I actually adapt what I call a B plus average to health, wellness, and nutrition mm -hmm. because none of us are perfect. We can't att attain perfection. Sure. And ultimately, when you try to do these really intense programs and try to implement that for a long period of time, you're setting yourself up for yeah, failure. It's and it's, and it, it's not sustainable. And as soon as you take one misstep, then you turn into a dumpster fire for six months. And then looking back, looking back on your year, you've got this A, a plus F minus model yeah. to where you were A plus for 20 days and a dumpster fire for six months. And now you're in worse shape than you were yeah, looking back on the still, year. That's still an F, right? 
Yeah, it's a total F. And so my, uh, like I, I get up on stage and I, I promote mediocrity in this, in this well, area. B, in people's B plus lives is not because... mediocrity. It's just not an A plus, but again, it's, it goes into what, what's an A to me. We can redefine that, you know, an A is a sustainable B plus and fueling is an A plus in my book. Cause otherwise Absolutely. it's not sustainable. And you go through these, these wild swings. You know, we, we at CFA call that the 80, 20 rule. So 80% of the time, you know, eat clean, eat well, you know, do the, the, you know, the, the high quality, you know, meats and vegetables and, and nuts and berries and that kind of stuff. 20% of the time, who gives a shit, right? You exactly. Enjoy it. hundred percent. So enjoy, enjoy a social atmosphere. Enjoy the occasional treat. Reward yourself. It's just, it's way more sustainable in the long run. You'll be for, much further ahead. I'm a complete advocate of that. Um, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Fascinating. Okay. So the event itself, you, you mentioned the first 20 Ironmans were the hardest and then mentally it started to get easier what were some of the, the what was going through your head i mean you had 7100 miles of work right what was that roller coaster ride like mentally for you yeah i you know i had to i had to play mind tricks with myself and and the deeper we got into the campaign the more laser focused i had to be on the present mm-hmm. um and and you know one of the unique games that i would play with myself uh, well, two of them. One would be, I call it the power minute. And and at any moment in time when I got really, really dark, I knew that I could be perfect for 60 seconds mm-hmm. and we all can. Mm-hmm. And and for me, I would just say, okay, execute with perfection the basics for the next 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I had to do that for an hour straight. Mm-hmm. And and other times I could go five, six hours and not even think about and do, doing what I was doing and I was unconscious about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing too was my mind could, once I got deep into the campaign, my mind could only function on single digits and it, it could internalize and digest small, small numbers. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when, when I got to like, let's say for example, 18 races to go, the crew was not allowed to say the number 18. Mm-hmm. It was eight to go to 10 to go mm-hmm. because I could break down eight. <laughs> I could wrap my mind around eight Ironmans and I could wrap my brain around 10 Ironmans, but I could not wrap my mind around 18. Right. And then it was, okay, at 14, I've got four to go to 10 to go. Mm-hmm. I've got three to go to 10 to go. And then I could I could digest those. And so those are some of the little games that I played with myself. When I got really, really dark, it was just literally the next 60 seconds. Yeah. I need to be perfect for 60 seconds. Time. And then beyond that, it was it was single digit. I could handle and digest small, small, small bites. I, I couldn't mentally, I, I didn't want to tackle the, the enormity yeah. of what we were doing. What were, what were the mantras that really helped you just, you know, get into the zone and, and stay focused for long periods of time? You know, I mentioned earlier that we did that, that 5K every single day for, for charity. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did that at 7 o'clock. And uh, it, it didn't matter where I was mileage-wise in my marathon. I would meet back at a staging area. And sometimes I got in 5 miles and sometimes I got in 18 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, and every single day early on in the campaign, my daughter realized that I was struggling Mm. and, uh, and I was dealing with extreme exhaustion and she was 12 years old and it was actually on day four and she had run the previous three days with me. And she said, uh, she said, dad, uh, I I can see that you're struggling and uh, so much wisdom from, from my daughter. And she Mm. just said, she goes, I, I, I will be right beside you every day for, for 50 consecutive five Ks. Mm-hmm. Um, and she made this declaration as a 12 year old kid to do this with no run experience. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she's just developing incredible mental toughness. But, but for me, one of my biggest mantras was, you know, you you have a meeting with your daughter, mm-hmm. you're meeting, you're meeting your daughter today at seven o'clock. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I, I could just imagine after the commitment that she made to me to, to support me and do these 5Ks every single day mm-hmm. for 50 days, um, that there was no way I was going to let mm-hmm. her down. Mm-hmm. And I mean, during the bike ride, I mean, it was, it was one of the hardest p- portions of my day because I could, I was falling asleep on the bike. Mm. Um, and, and I, I had a lot of alone time. Um, just because, you know, you're out on your bike and you're staggered with other people and you're not having a lot of conversations. And so you, you have that time to reflect and have a lot of long, sometimes really meaningful conversations with yourself. And that was one of the best things that came from it is, is these conversations that I got to have with myself. Um, and, and so as far as, you know, my biggest mantra was, uh, that seven o'clock appointment I had with my daughter and I wasn't going to let her down. So you actually got to see her at seven o'clock every night. Every single day, so it was my reconnection with, with the family. Yeah. yeah, my family was there the whole time, and the kids. Every single day, they would go out, and they would. My kids had an amazing summer. They got to go to every state, and then every single day, they went and saw something cool in that state. Absolutely. So they went and saw monuments or amusement parks or aquariums or some historical site. And then at seven o'clock, for the next forty-five minutes, while I was running with my daughter, she would recap me on the day that mom and the kids and all that got to have. And so it was my reconnection to my family every day. And, and that really was the only, you know, why that I needed or mantra that I needed was, was that meeting and that reconnection with my family at seven o'clock every day. That is really, really cool. And that, what a neat experience to have your family, you know, kind of there with you every day. Logistically, this has just been nagging at me, but how did you guys organize the swimming uh, every day? Did you do this? You actually did a swim in 50 states? Yeah, we did the 2.4 mile swim in every single state, and Some of them I must have been in pools, right? We did, yeah, we did 20 of them in open water, and open water would be an ocean, a lake, uh, a river, and then we did 30 of them in pools. And before, you know, I, logistically, I sat down for two years and I I organized and planned every single event, and I coordinated with 50 plus people across the country, and because I, I didn't know the lay of the land, and so they helped me, and I said, "Is this a good place? Is this not a bad so place?" You had someone on the ground in every state help you out, obviously. Yeah, and every in every state, I had a volunteer that kind of st- stepped up and said, "I want to, I want to be part of this. I want to help you see this through." And and I it actually got dangerous for me in the swim portion because I I, I got so lean and so susceptible to the cold water. Right. And, you know, we talked about the dangers of, of these athletes that die with these heart conditions. We, we could see what was going on with me externally and what I was dealing with, but we really didn't know what the internal thing was going on. And we thought, okay, if I'm going to have a problem, it better be in a pool and not in open water. Right. And so we started on the back half, we started calling ahead to the, we called them ambassadors. And we started moving the swims from open water into, into pools only so that we could control that environment. Right. And the biggest thing was to keep me safe because we truly didn't know. We knew that I was under extreme stress and we didn't want to take that chance. I mean, I've got five kids and, mm-hmm. and obviously if I felt I was in extreme danger, I would have, I would have pulled the plug, but mm-hmm. we wanted to take every precaution that I needed. My, my main goal wasn't to die during the 50. It was to, right. to create a future for me and, and, and so that I could be with my family and, and enjoy right. that time. Right. Wow. What a neat thing, and I'm sure your kids are gonna. I mean, that's a that's a lifetime experience for them. And I know now that you you uh, you coach people. Do you coach kids, or do you? Is it mostly adults? Our, our biggest focus is helping people do half Ironmans, full Ironmans, marathons, right. and and in order to do those events, you have to be 18. Right. And so I'm involved with my you know my kids wrestling and my kids uh, track and field and anything locally here, and and I get involved with the other kids, and I go around and I speak to a lot of 
camps and kids mm-hmm. here locally. Um, but our training program online is Team Iron Cowboy. It's worldwide. Okay. Um, it, it's predominantly adults that are right. trying to achieve you know, an Ironman or a marathon or their first 5k even. And, and we walk you through that entire process on how to, how to engage and, and really accelerate that learning curve. Cause it is a steep learning curve to do an Ironman and, and the process just needs to be respected. So that's team Yes, sir. Okay, cool. And, um, let's talk about what's coming up. You mentioned you got another big challenge uh, that you're, you're striving for. Let's talk about that around Kilimanjaro. <laughs> Yeah, uh, a lot of people have summited Mount Kilimanjaro, and it's a it's a great peak to do, to to climb and to take on. Mm-hmm. In in my early days in 2010, when I was doing the Half Ironman World Record, we did we raised a lot of money and we built dams in Africa, and I've I've never been over there, and mm-hmm. and an opportunity presented itself to go over there, um, and and kind of see the charity work that we've done, and also a physical challenge came to the forefront and it was to see if we could actually ride our bikes all the way to the summit hmm. uh, of Mount Kilimanjaro. And so, so in March, we're going to, we're going to see if that's possible and, and see if we can pedal every step of the way from, from base camp all the way to the summit. So wow. we're excited about that. Yeah. So is, so other people going to be riding with you or are you going to be the only one on the mountain bike? Um, there's actually there's actually three of us going to do it a, a father and a son combination they actually live in california his name's rob nelson he runs a radio show mm-hmm. um, out there and then he he's a former tennis pro and then his son tate who's an amateur mma fighter and so we've got this former tennis pro and amateur mma fighter mm. and, and uh, myself was an extreme triathlete but not a, not necessarily a mountain biker and the right. three of us are going to kind of go uncharted territory and rely on on some grit some determination and mm. some mental toughness to see if we can do what uh what nobody else has been yeah. able to do for us what fun we'll make sure that we know about that so we can kind of help you promote and raise awareness and are you doing that in conjunction with any charity yeah they uh, they actually have a charity that that they've partnered with it's a charity in africa um i'm learning about it um and we're about to launch a campaign to to try to raise some funds and awesome. and and get some attention awesome well very very interesting so folks can find you by googling googling iron cowboy you're the book that's coming out in March, which I can't wait to read, is called Iron Cowboy, How I Redefine Human Limits So You Can Redefine Yours. And uh, if you're interested in James's uh, coaching program, it's teamironcowboy.com. Uh, James, thanks so much. Uh, totally inspirational. Really appreciate your time and, and what you're doing out there. And I uh, look forward to meeting you in person someday, hopefully at the SealFit 300, if we can get that uh I was I was just gonna I was just gonna bring that up and I I didn't know if it was something that we could talk about and I'm super excited to tackle something yeah. with you and one of the most brilliant minds in in this space <laughs> um, and and hopefully we can we can do that 300 miles and and hopefully I can showcase some of my yeah. um, some of my talents with yeah, you guys yeah I'm looking forward to it. we're definitely gonna do it it's just the time the timeline uh, I think we were a little aggressive with so I'm not. I'm pretty sure we're not going to do it in May, but we're looking at pushing it to September. We'll keep you awesome. posted on that, and we'll figure that out, and we'll get the word out when it's ready. Thanks. All right, James, thanks again. You have a wonderful day. And uh, everyone out there, Unbeatable Mind World and Seal Fit and, and Ultra Endurance Athletes, uh, stay focused. Uh, do the work. Day in and day out, remember the journey is the joy. And But you got to know your destination. <laughs> so make sure you're clear on that. At any rate, uh, we'll see you next time. And um, stay focused. Coach Divine out. Lock it low, boys. Time to explode, boys. Make sure you get home, boys. They got your back. The pride of the fleets. The bright swinging frogmen of the U.T.T. Oh, oh.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.